2: Welcome to the Roto-Grinders Morning Grind Podcast. I'm your host, Stevie TPFL. It's Monday. It's August 14th. It is 2023. We have eight baseball games to talk about here on today's podcast. Joined today by my buddy Keith Eiser. Eyes, Eise, 819. Keith, hey, nice little eight-game slate. Nice little change of <laughs> pace for you.
3: Yeah, we, we're on those uh, 14 and 15-ers sometimes on that we get on Tuesdays and Fridays a lot. But eight games should be a breeze. Love this slate size um there's plenty of decisions to be made but not enough where it's like overwhelming so really good spot it's a core slate too so that's gonna add an interesting game theory dynamic to the slate there's some cheap pitching that we're gonna talk about there's some aces to talk about so a little bit of everything on this eight gamer
2: i will say um i had a very long day yesterday with nascar content and i had xm twice today i have not looked at like this is like a true first look for me today on the podcast so Um, I'll give like my final thoughts on like pitching when we get done, but like the five minutes I spent looking at it and I was like, all right, all right. A lot of, a lot of interesting decisions to make. So for sure, (laughs) um, (laughs) Pete says eyes does not look like Will. Everybody's so used to Will being on Mondays, but Will right. uh, will be on tomorrow him and Keith switched. You know, he asked Keith to switch and Keith was like, "Yeah, yeah baby." <laughs> he, he saw those eight games instead of 13 and he jumped on there as fast as he could. So <laughs>
3: <laughs> Mondays are really heavy content for me to, anyway, so then having to do content all day long record the morning grind at night um it gets to be a very long day so I was oh, yeah. happy to cut my day a little bit shorter tomorrow take on the the podcast tonight
2: there you go um I'm on I'm on um the six pack tomorrow so if you enjoy uh beer six pack uh, it's Stevie's six pack tomorrow so um I mean let's jump in let's have some fun we got eight games what's up YouTube hope everyone's having a fantastic Sunday night over there on YouTube if you haven't already subscribe to the rotor grinders morning grind YouTube page. We're five subscribers away from seven hundred. The goal is to get to a thousand before the end of the year. We got football coming up. We will have a special uh, football podcast, like we did last year, where we'll have six episodes a week, five for you know regular baseball or basketball when that comes around, and then we'll have a special football episode um, each and every week as well. So let's jump in, have some fun. We start with Pittsburgh at New York. We got Mets, not the Yankees. Carrasco and Priester facing off against each other. No total in this game. Um, They're probably trying to figure out how high they need to make it. Uh, (laughs) Any interest here in Quinn Priester? I can't
3: do it. There's cheap pitching options on this slate. Priester is a solid enough prospect, but it just doesn't look like the guy's quite ready. Um, Strikeout rate is 17.5%. Walks have been way too many. Um, Good ballpark to pitch in, but... I just, there, if there weren't any other pitching options, maybe we could talk about these guys, but there are cheap pitching options here. I don't think we need to go there.
2: Yeah, they, I mean, I just, <laughs> I, I saw Priester. I was like, all right, uh, Mets are not the greatest team, but um, I think we're going to find better options overall. Um, low strikeout rate, just not a guy that, you know, is going to go out and dominate an offense most of the time. So no interest for me in Priester, Uh, Any interest in Carrasco on the other side of this game? It looks like he's starting to pitch a
3: little bit better. He he was fine his last time out against the Cubs, had been getting hit around a ton before that. Pittsburgh's not the most intimidating matchup. Like I said, on a different slate, I I might have some interest. If you want to take a shot that he can repeat the success he just had against the Cubs, I I don't hate the idea. Um, I don't think he makes my pool just because I, I quite like a couple of the other cheapies, but um he's formerly a pretty decent pitcher he's just been struggling quite a bit here recently outside of his last start
2: yeah and um i mean just thinking about this lineup they called up a bunch of guys um but a lot of them are left-handed that cubs game he ran on the really good side of babbitt it was like 180 if i remember correctly um so stacked the cubs that day dug in a little bit the next day on why it didn't work but um, yeah, I don't really have any interest in Carrasco. Uh, let's talk Pittsburgh bats, you know, looking at this lineup. I mean, there's some power in this lineup. Obviously Swazinski is someone that we've targeted a lot this season. Uh, Reynolds has some pop. Uh, Rivas has some pop at the top of this order. He's a big strikeout guy. So he kind of benefits for a matchup against Carrasco who strikes out lefties at a, a smaller clip. And um, if he hits lead off here, you know, he is 2300 first baseman with some power. So I could see maybe a mini stack. I don't see myself getting to a full Pittsburgh stack because this game is in city field. Uh, what are your thoughts on the Mets?
3: Yeah, exactly what you said at the end there. It's a, a mini stack for me. They're really cheap. Um, outside of Reynolds at 4,300, nobody's over 4K, several 2K options. Um, but it's the upside that I, I struggle to see, even in a pretty good matchup here against Carrasco. Um, just it's a tough park for home runs. These guys don't have a, a ton of power in the lineup. I love the Sawinski call. I I think he's an elite value option on this slate. Um, Rivas has some power as well, so don't mind that. Um, But it's a a three-man stack for me. Um, You can play some some Reynolds and some McCutcheon in there. Hayes has been a little bit better here recently. So they're all cheap. I I think if you're looking for a cheap three-man stack, Pittsburgh fits that mold
2: other side of this game the Mets I mean Priester does give up 57% hard contact to right-handed hitters you know obviously when you're looking at the Mets lineup Pete Alonzo is always at the top of the list as far as you know targeting a one-off home run Um, I don't mind maybe a Lindor or Nimmo but it's same conversation this game is in city field Um, the pitching is not great there's going to be plenty of bats on balls in this game Um, just overall I mean Yeah, I have some slight interest in maybe a mini stack here for the Mets. Um, I was trying to, DJ Stewart is 2,500. He can hit it out of any ballpark. Um, He can also strike out with the best of them. So he's someone that I would target in this matchup with Priester having a lower strikeout rate. What are your thoughts when it comes to um, the Mets? I would say I have a a
3: little bit more interest than you do. Um, And just because I don't think Priester is is quite ready to be a major league pitcher. He's just up there in Pittsburgh trying to get a look at him to see what they have going into next year, really. Alonzo is one of the top hitters on the slate for me. I love Lindor. Um, I love Alvarez at catcher. Nimmo is dealing with like this nagging injury that has me a little bit concerned about him. Um, But the lineup falls off really quickly after after that. So I, I understand why it's only a three man for you like the Alonzo Lindor Alvarez combination. I absolutely love. Um, There's not a lot to like outside of that. Jeff McNeil's an on-base guy. um, Could pick up a couple of hits. Don't mind him in a stack. Vogelbach is really cheap with some power. I like the DJ Stewart call. I'll probably have a couple full stacks of Mets, um, but the lineup does fall off really quickly. Alonzo and and Lindor are are absolute elite options on the slate,
2: though. All right, we got Yankees and Braves, nine total in this game. Braves, a 220 favorite. Max Fried going up against Clark Schmidt. Uh, any interest here in Schmidt against Atlanta?
3: I can't pay 7,700 for a pitcher against Atlanta. Um, Schmidt's been been above average with the strikeouts, or right around the average, actually. But Atlanta is just so good. There's so much power in this lineup. They haven't been striking out. Um, 7,700, a little bit too much uh, for this spot
2: where's the weak spot I mean, in the lineup yeah yeah it's just like there's no weak spot the 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 weakest hitter in this lineup is probably orlando arcia and he has a 330 woba this season against righties like there's no weak spot in this lineup it's such a tough team to face um you said average type strikeout pitcher i don't really have a ton of interest in in clark schmidt and Honestly, if we look at his more recent numbers, his strikeout rates kind of dipped here. Um, So, I mean, that's always concerning. The amount of heart contact he gives up to lefties is super concerning here. So, Um, other side of this one, Max Freed, 9,400, 72 and 79 pitches um, in his first two starts back after missing almost three months. Any interest in Freed at 9,400 against the Yankees?
3: Going to be ownership dependent here. And I think he's going to come in low owned. Um, Max Scherzer on the slate, I think, is the guy most people are spending up for. We'll talk about Glasnow. I'm not really sure what to expect there. Um, Freed's in the conversation for sure. He's a little bit cheaper than both of those guys. I'm not necessarily scared of this Yankees offense. Um, Freed had one really good start against the Cubs. Was really disappointing his last time out against Pittsburgh. That pitch count is a concern. Um, So if we weren't getting a a slight discount off of of Max Scherzer and uh, Glasnow, I would say probably just skip him on this because he just doesn't have the same upside as those guys from a strikeout perspective or a leash perspective. Down to 9,400, I I think you can take some shots here. He's an elite pitcher when he's right. I'm just a little bit concerned about the upside because of the leash. But if I knew I could get 90 pitches here, I have quite
2: a bit of interest. They my my biggest thing is they don't have a reason to throw him 90 pitches like that is my concern. I mean, they're very, very safe where they're at playoff wise and they need this guy for the playoffs. Like their goal with Max Fried is to have him ready for the playoffs. I mean, they are four games up on the Dodgers as far as like overall National League record. There are 10 games up on the Phillies as far as like the NL East. They're sitting in a fantastic spot. They have one of the best, if not the best offense in baseball. They need Freed healthy for the playoffs. So, like, this might be another, like, six to 10 pitch increase. I don't think it's like 95 coming here. I don't see him going 95 in this game. I would be shocked if he goes over 85, to be honest. So, um, he got a little unlucky in the Pirates game. He generated ground balls. His Babbitt was a little unlucky in that game. He, at 85 pitches at 9,400, he's not the guy I want on this slate. Like the Yankees strike out less against left-handed pitching. They're actually really good against left-handed pitching overall. I think they're seventh in WRC plus. So while I might not stack the Yankees in this game, I don't think this is a spot I want to pray, play freed um, even at low ownership. So I just, I worry, worry about his ceiling. I think I'd rather like take a shot on like a Darvish um, or some, something along those lines. So I don't know if I get the freed today. As of right now, I'm not feeling like I'm going to get to Freed today. Um, Yankees bats. Any interest in the Yankees bats against Freed?
3: I mean, you can you can hunt home runs, but Freed is very good at generating ground balls. Um, his strikeout rate is, has been really solid this season. Definitely not a full stack. He's always been an elite control guy. Always been able to ge- generate those ground balls. Um, so it, it's just hunting home runs. And there's not a ton of options to love. You got to pay way up for Judge, which I'm of course fine doing. Stanton, just forty six hundred. It like seems like a nice price, but he's he's had a rough season. Um, Still all kinds of power there. So if you want to take a shot on Stanton Homer, I'm fine with that. Bader at thirty three hundred, pretty good against lefties. Uh, Torres is forty four hundred. I'm. It's just going to be home run one offs. I think I, I wouldn't even make it a mini stack.
2: Yeah, I mean, looking at their numbers against lefties this year, obviously Judge needs to be at the top of the list. Stanton needs to be at the top of the list. Um, Bader needs to be at the top of the list. Like, those are the guys that you're going to home run chase with in this matchup. Bader, 57 plate appearances, 420 ISO, 500 Woba against left-handed pitching this season. He's going to make hard contact. Whether I mean, the problem is you're facing a ground ball guy. Judge is a fly ball hitter, so he benefits maybe here from facing a ground ball guy. Um. Atlanta side as far as the bats go I mean they're expensive like it's just I, I love it I love the fact that they they're not free and it's really hard to make an Atlanta stack work because I mean they I feel like ha- have they been a little bit cheaper this year they would have win so many more slates but um what are your thoughts here on the Braves bets?
3: yeah I mean I think it's a really good spot for them um they're back in Atlanta where they have just absolutely raked this year it, like, I think one of the first things I do on every slate is, is there a comfortable way to fit in like a premium Atlanta stack? And I'm not saying you need to play all four of the 6K guys, but at least three of them. Um, and Derek makes a note in the chat that, that Albie's uh, left the game early. So if he's out, maybe we get a couple of more value options. Um, but just the dynamics of this slate as I was going through it, I think there are plenty of cheap pitching options where you're going to be able to fit in. An Atlanta stack that contains at least three of Acuna Olson, Riley, and Albies. And for that reason, they have the highest upside on the slate, even, even counting cores in that conversation. Like this offense is just so good and there's so much power throughout the lineup that like if they're on the slate, we need to be finding a way to stack them.
2: Yeah, I mean, uh Matt Olson just we, we the saw yeah i mean we saw it in like spring training like his power surge and you know the launch angle and all that stuff we we saw it in spring training we're like is he going to be able to keep it up um i i said it so many times last year that i thought what freeman wanted it was good to let him go and i thought olsen was a fantastic bargain um and man he's making me look smart (laughs) um does he get to 60
3: i don't know if he gets to 60 um It'll be fun. Like, I think Shohei is, like, really going to make a run at 60 just because I think there will be all kinds of hype. And to have that second guy with him chasing um, should be really fun coming down the stretch. I would bet against it if I had to make a wager right now. But it it should be fun to, to see it play out throughout the season.
2: 116 games in, right, I think is what I read earlier. So he has, what, 46 more? Yeah, 46 more. 18 home runs i mean <laughs> it'd be fun yeah it'd be fun too bad this game wasn't in yankee stadium <laughs> yeah, all right <laughs> all right moving on we got oakland at st louis this game has a nine total the cardinals a 210 favorite sears and nicolas facing off against each other uh any interest here in jp sears
3: I don't love uh, throwing left-handed or using left-handed pitchers against St. Louis. They just, they line up pretty well against lefties. Sears has had a a good enough season. He gets the the big ballpark downgrade going into St. Louis facing a tough offense. I don't think it's the slate kind of similar to the Carrasco conversation. There are other options. I prefer if you had a, had some conviction on Sears. I, I don't think it's crazy though.
2: A lot of hard contact to righties. Um, He does strike out righties at a higher clip than he does lefties. So, I mean, that's always, um, that's always interesting. Um, he just, he gives up so many fly balls, so many fly balls. Um, and I mean the weather has been pretty, pretty toasty in St. Louis here and it's been good hitting conditions. So it looks like it's going to be high seventies wind blowing out tomorrow. I just, I don't see myself getting to Sears. I don't think it's crazy. Um, but I just, he, I mean, St. Louis just lines up so good against left-handed yep. pitching. Uh, Miles Mikolas on the other side of this game, 7K. Um, I think he's a potential cheap option that we could look at here. Oakland, not one of those offenses that you're necessarily scared of. Uh, a lot of, I mean, a lot of strikeouts in this lineup. They, they've they been a little bit better. They've called some guys up. I know they called uh, Lawrence Butler up. Um, any interest here in Miles Mikolas?
3: I don't think I have rostered Miles Mikolas all season long, but this is a spot that you have to be pretty interested in. Um, it will depend on ownership for me. If he's picking up ownership because of this matchup against Oakland, I think it's going to be a pretty easy underweight stance for me. Um, but if I'm looking, like Emerson Hancock is is still 4K for some reason. He's going to be pretty popular on this slate, I think. If I'm looking for pivots, like if I'm trying to play a 7K guy and a 6K guy, Instead of a 4K Hancock and a 10K guy, Mike might make my pool. Uh, But it's going to be ownership dependent. He's been pretty good his last two times out. A great strikeout matchup here against Oakland. Um, he's, He's in play for sure, but I'm definitely keeping an eye on the ownership
2: all right let's talk bats oakland bats um i mean i just mentioned him right lawrence butler um he's gonna be one of my favorite value plays on this slate on teams that i'm not playing mikolas like he's he's minimum salary here you know this is a big time power guy he grades out as a big time power guy um i know coming into the season he was top 100 prospect i know i i thought i remember reading at the beginning of the year this wasn't a guy that was supposed to get called up this year but i mean if you're oakland what's the what's the downgrade he's like third or fourth in the organization overall like big power big big power i think um i was just pulling it up really quick fangrass has him as a 60 70 power raw power grade so um big power this is a guy that is very capable of hitting home runs he just he doesn't have a lot of quality at bats against good pitching he's i mean he started the season in in um double a played most of last year in high a he is very very raw still but i mean against a guy like mikolas who doesn't really power the ball by you butler at 2k is definitely going to make some builds for me today
3: yeah i don't mind a couple of these oakland bats um like you said mikolas is not a, a big strikeout guy so oakland has some success here he he depends on babbitt to get a lot of his outs and if the the babbitt variance goes in oakland's direction I could see him putting up a couple of runs here. Um, they're really cheap. Uh, JJ Blade at 3K is one of my favorites. Seth Brown at 3500 totally fine. Uh, Galoff has been playing really well. His price is coming up, but um, like you just you have so many value options. I don't mind putting two or three of them together, making it a little mini stack. Um, especially if like Pittsburgh gets too popular and I'm looking for a pivot, and Michaelis picks up a little bit of ownership on this slate. I I definitely will have some some exposure to the Oakland mini in that spot.
2: All right. Um, St. Louis, you know, obviously Goldschmidt, Arenado, these guys are fantastic against left-handed pitching. We should get like O'Neill and Contreras in the lineup as well. Um, what are your thoughts here on the Cardinals?
3: Yeah, I, I like this spot for the Cardinals quite a bit. Sears has been good this season, um, but I did mention the ballpark downgrade going from Oakland into St. Louis is, is a worse spot for pitchers. Um, and St. Louis just sets up so well. Goldschmidt, Arenado, O'Neil at 3700 is an elite value option. Contreras at 3600, I know he hasn't been great this year but like that's too cheap for what what he's been able to do in the past. Jordan Walker, a big power guy, he's only 3k. Like outside of Goldschmidt and Arenado, this team is pretty cheap as well. Um O'Neill and Contreras kind of jumping off the page, even Walker as like their upside is is outstanding and their prices are are in the 3k range.
2: All right, we got L.A. Angels, that is, heading to Texas to face the Rangers. Nine total in this game. Rangers, a 175 favorite. We got Sandoval facing Scherzer. Uh, Patrick Sandoval, hey, he did his thing last time out. Um, I touted him. We, we talked about him against the Giants. Uh, really played a bunch of them in that matchup, and he did his thing. Put him right back on the shelf. Um, <laughs> this is an a extremely tough matchup. Going up against Texas. Texas has hit or miss this season against left-handed pitching, but overall, I don't typically go out of my way to pick on them. Um, what are your thoughts on Sandoval?
3: Yeah, tough spot for him. He's been much better recently. Um, you made some great points in that on that day you pitched last week, um, that matchup against San Francisco and how that lined up. I don't think this line lines up near as well for him. A uh, pretty t- tough spot here against Texas. Probably don't need him on the slate
2: my i mean the thing that concerns me the most in this spot is the walks there's a lot of patient hitters simeon's patient Lo is patient garcia's patient um the guy towards the bottom of the order is a josh smith he's patient uh duran's good against lefties just i mean this is a much this is a spot where he was in a fantastic matchup last time out it's not so much um in this one and you know we we'll go back to him when we can Scherzer on the other side of this game, 11K, I mean, still not showing like Scherzer dominance and we may never see like dominant Scherzer again. Um, 11K going up against the Angels. It's not like a one of those matchups that's just like, hey, this is an easy spot. He's going to go out and dominate. This is a, a tougher matchup. Um, I mean, 11K, obviously, when we're looking at the slate overall, um, what are your thoughts here on Scherzer?
3: Yeah, I mean, I, he's the top pitcher on the slate for me. Um, I don't love the price tag. I don't love the matchup. I don't think the Angels are, like, the most terrifying matchup, but there, there's plenty of good hitters throughout that lineup. I think there are enough strikeouts here, though. I could see Scherzer playing up, paying off 11K, and I'm, I'm not quite sure Glasnow has the leash in this spot to just absolutely, like, throw out a typical double-digit strikeout performance here, so... Scherzer's the top guy. Um, The matchup is is not the best, but and the price tag is what I really is what really has me lukewarm on him. Uh, But as far as the slate goes, top option overall for me.
2: See, okay, I I I said at the beginning, right? I said that this is like a true first look for me. Um, Super busy with like XM radio and stuff today, and we we talk football for two hours, so like I really spent a lot of time on football this afternoon. Looking at this spot. Like in my head, my first initial thought is Scherzer is a guy that I want to be underweight on. So, um, I don't disagree with you as far as like, you know, being the top option, but I like Glass now more. I think the spot is better for Glass now. And, uh, you know, we'll see, you know, we'll talk about it when we get there. But I mean, I could, I could see even like going down and playing like, two guys under nine K instead of paying up for these guys today, we have some good bats and good spots. Um, so my initial reaction, like first thought is be underweight on Scherzer, uh, you know, especially like, I mean, I think a lot of people are going to play him. It's so easy just to say, Hey, Max is on the mound, but I could see like a light likely outcome of like scoring 22, 23 points. And I feel like I can get a discount and try to go over that um, or even match that with a cheaper guy. So, um that's just my initial thoughts not sitting here saying you know you should fade him on every single team but um it is a it is a bump that like cj crone is banged up right now um you know that takes out one of the potential um good lineups here it was like back tightness or something so he could potentially um miss this game they might give him a day uh angels bats i mean Listen, this just screams Otani, man. Um, this just screams Otani. I, I know like 6,600 for Otani against Scherzer. Like nobody is playing Otani today at 6,600 against Scherzer and just screams like a, a fantastic leverage spot.
3: Yeah. I mean, the way you can beat Scherzer is with left handed power and nobody has more left handed power than Shohei Otani. So Matt Olson's like, what? Well, <laughs> I'm at
2: 42. Catch up.
3: <laughs> it, good point um but it, like it's it's a great spot for an otani home run you probably need two though is the only problem at that price you probably at least need two hits with like a hit in a home run um i don't know it, it's a tough price and I, I don't love spending all the way to the top for my one-offs but i i can't argue with the spot i don't think i'm stacking um angels at all I certainly don't mind chasing a couple other cheap guys for a home run here. Max is an extreme fly ball pitcher. He is not the strikeout pitcher from his dominant run through the league. Um, so you can, you can definitely hunt for home runs. Moniac is fine at 4,700. Um, let's see here. Renfro at 3,500. I don't mind. Moustakis at 3,400 might be my favorite option overall.
2: Mid-John, um Texas bats here, you know, I, I do like Texas against left-handed pitching. I I think that, you know, while I respect Sandoval and I, and I think he is maybe slightly above average, um, his biggest issue is walks. I mean, walks can turn into runs really fast, um, especially against a talented lineup like Texas. I don't know if I'm like one-offing them because like the pieces I want to play are expensive, you know? Um, so I think if I'm playing Texas, it would be a stack whether it be like a 4-4 or a 5-2 or a 5-1, 5-3. I think I'd be looking at Texas as a stack today.
3: Yeah, I mean, you, you talked about Sandoval's control, and that's part of the reason why you're not interested in in, in this spot. Um, I think that could lead to a lot of traffic on the bases here, and we know Texas has a bunch of power. I, I kind of like this spot for for Texas. Um, spending the money is is going to be tough. Like, do I want Seager, Simeon, and Garcia? Of course, I want them, but can I fit them? Um, yeah, pretty good spot here. Like pricing is tough, but th- th- I mean, there's still plenty of value options. Like the catchers are are thirty five hundred. Tavares, I don't mind playing at the bottom of the order is thirty six hundred. Uh, Grossman's in there sometime against lefties at three k. So, like there there are options to make it work, but the the pricing on the top guys is a little concerning. Uh, but like we know, they have a ton of upside
2: yeah um i was trying to just think overall like it's just one of those spots that it's like a stat and like the angels bullpen is like a bottom 10 bullpen so it's not like it's a great bullpen either Uh, i could see a stack working here for texas seattle at kansas city we got a nine total in this game the mariners a 150 favorite it sounds like it's going to be gilbert i know um DraftKings has Hancock, but I remember I thought I read that it was going to be Gilbert. Um in the start. It should hmm. be Gilbert's turn in the look like it should be Gilbert's turn in the rotation over Hancock. Um Hancock pitched the day after Gilbert last last week. So we'll see. Um, we have Hancock
3: on the RG lineups page too. And that kind of yeah. like that dynamic changes the the entire slate. If Hancock's not available here. That makes it really tough to fit Braves. Like it, it's just going to change everything. Um, it so put him
2: in... on, yeah, it would put him on five days and put it pushed Gilbert back to like seven. So um, I don't know. Um, I'm just saying. Like I, I saw a couple different sites, like betting sites, that had Gilbert. Gilbert, for what it's worth, is someone that they do extend to six days sometimes. So it would not shock me. Um, but this is six days for him. Tomorrow will be six days. So. Um we'll see. But um I just looked Action and Scores and Odds both have Gilbert. So we'll have to see if we can get uh well let's talk about both of them, you know, and then whoever pitches, you know, we'll give our thoughts on both. So um we'll start so, with Hancock. Okay. The uh,
3: official MLB.com uh, mariner
2: site also has Gilbert.
3: So I'm thinking you're correct there that it has been changed to Gilbert, and that's a big deal. Like it changes like the entire way you build on this slate
2: you're not getting a 4k pitcher against kansas city
3: yeah exactly
2: (laughs) (laughs) but also like it goes back to the conversation like if gilbert is the guy like it's a lot easier to get off scherzer in my opinion
3: yeah i completely agree gilbert jumps to the top of my list on this spot um just he's a really good pitcher he's Got around the 25% strikeout rate. Like, I didn't research him at all. I just, this is off the top of my head. Elite, elite walk rate. And he gets Kansas City, which is one of the best matchups in baseball. Like, they strike out a ton. Um, 9,700. He's coming off a 12 strikeout performance against San Diego. Yeah, I mean, Gilbert Gilbert is probably the top option on the slate. And I that, that definitely decreases my interest in both Max Scherzer and um, Tyler Glasnow.
2: Yeah. I mean, and then, okay. You know, flipping the switch here, we both agree if Gilbert's the guy, he's in a fantastic spot. Um, Fantastic spot. If it's Hancock, he's 4k. Yeah. He's a young, he's a young talented prospect, but he's 4k. I mean, um, I made an argument for him the other day when he was facing San Diego at 4k, I'm going to definitely make an argument for him facing, you know, Kansas city at 4k. So if Hancock's in there, I think like the Hancock Scherzer build is like your popular build today. Um, what are your thoughts on Hancock? If it is him.
3: Yeah. I mean, 4k is just too cheap. He threw 87 pitches in his debut. Um, he's not an elite prospect, but he's a, a solid enough prospect in this matchup. I'm extremely interested. I, I played plenty of him against San Diego as well. Um, so 4k this, pitchers, man.
2: It just, yeah. Opens.
3: Especially, especially when you know you're getting a full leash out of him, Like, He's going 80-plus pitches in this spot. Even even if he gets beat up a little bit, they're going to leave him out there until he, he gets his 80 pitches or whatever. So, like, this is not like a, a long-reliever bulk bulk guy that we're talking about. It's a fully stretched-out starter, and it's one of the best matchups that we can ask for.
2: Um, I want to talk about Singer on the other side of this game, too. Me, too. You know, a guy that has – I mean – He's looked really good, and I don't want to jinx him, but he's looked, <laughs> he's looked really good. Um, I mean, this is a spot where you have a high strikeout Seattle lineup with a ton of power. Um, There's plenty of power at the top half of this lineup. I could see Brady Singer being very useful in this game. Like, he's thrown over 90 pitches in, I think, like, seven or eight, nine, ten straight games, something like that. Um, Just he's been good. Like what are your thoughts here when it comes to brady singer
3: uh brady singer might be my favorite pitcher on the entire slate um if we get 4k hancock that's probably like my, my highest exposure but singer's gonna be right there and if there's no hancock available i probably like i said my roster construction changes and i don't even go to the 11k range as much um and singer will definitely be my highest on pitcher
0: Just go to indeed.com slash blue wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's indeed.com slash blue wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
3: Like you said, he's been really good here recently. K rate for the season, only 19.4% but um and he's had two really low strikeout opponents his last time out. He's only got four strikeouts against Boston and four strikeouts against the Mets. But it seemed to me like he was starting to turn a corner with the, with the strikeouts before that. He had 10 against Minnesota, obviously a fantastic strikeout matchup, and 9 against the Yankees. So, I think there's a there's pretty solid strikeout upside here against. I could see double digits not out of the question. 7900 for a guy that I think has a shot at double digit strikeouts is is just way too cheap.
2: Yeah, I mean, you mentioned Minnesota; they're the highest strikeout team in baseball against right-handed pitching. Well, Seattle's second highest. So, yep. like, you know, you look at the you look at the Mets and the Red Sox. The last two times out, they're both I think they're like 25th and 26th in strikeouts against right-handed pitching. So, like, go. He went from like two really like elite strikeout matchups to like two really tough strikeout matchups, and still pitched. I mean, I, I'll I'll take 17 points. Just give them to me right now. Um, so. I'd be super happy with that. I'd be super happy with like 25 plus, but I think Singer is very much in play today. Uh, going to the Seattle Bats. I mean, outside of Julio Rodriguez, I think everyone else in this lineup is under 4,500. Do you have any interest here in Seattle?
3: Not a ton. I think I'm just going to end up playing so much Singer that I probably don't get to Seattle. Um, like he's just been in such good form here. It's a good ballpark. It's probably going to be hot, but. That's all right. Um, Like, he's like, I like singer's form. I'm going to play the singer side of this matchup a lot more than I'm going to play Seattle.
2: For what it's worth, at bat has um, Gilbert as well. So, I'm not playing Kansas City either way. If it's Hancock, I might be more interested in maybe taking some shots on like Salvador Perez at 4,400 or uh, maybe some of these left handed guys against the, the young rookie. But against Gilbert, I have no interest whatsoever when it comes to Kansas City.
3: Yeah, similar to how I feel. Like you can take shots if it's Hancock, if it's if it's Gilbert, no interest for me either. Uh, just he's an above average major league pitcher, has an elite walk rate, keeps the ball on the ground enough. Um, and Kansas City is just bad. Uh, you can certainly play Bobby Witt in any matchup, but he's expensive. Sal Perez has had a very down season i'm probably not getting to much of kansas city either way but it'll be zero if it's gilbert
2: all right let's talk cores arizona at colorado no total in this game sounds like kelly is going to be good to go um he had like a cramp last time out he was at like 83 pitches and it's really hot let's just be honest um so i mean cramping right now if you don't hydrate you're gonna cramp (laughs) Um, and then flexing pitching for Colorado. Um, all right, let's talk. Kelly, they, they're they intrigued us, right? They made him 8,100. Um, I know that it is course, don't get me wrong. Colorado's the worst offense in baseball. Um, I mean, I think you can make a serious argument for Kelly at 8,100 against Colorado, even in course. I completely
3: agree with you, and I, I think this is even more like even when I thought Hancock was on the slate, I was going to come on here and say, you can definitely play Merrill Kelly. If they take Hancock off and I'm looking for a mid-range pitcher, I'm very interested in, in Kelly. Like Singer's going to be in my pool. He's going to be my highest own. But Merrill Kelly is a phenomenal pivot in this spot. He's an above average pitcher. His, his strikeouts are up to 25%. Um, walk rates are at nine, which is like, that's fine. Um, course field is the only thing we are, we're concerned about because it's certainly not the Rockies bats that we're terrified of. Like it is like since the trades, it was already one of the worst offenses in baseball. And then they traded away two of their best hitters. Like it's definitively the worst offense in baseball. Now Uh, the only reason to to even think about not playing Kelly is because of course field. Um, I'm, I'm willing to roll the dice on it against this offense.
2: I think my, my biggest concern for, for Kelly and it's kind of baked into the price my my biggest concern for Kelly is, like, he throws a lot of, like, that cut sinkers. Sl- like, it, it's a vertically down pitch that, you know, he generates his, his ground balls and stuff with. And that's not going to generate as much forward, I mean, spin like, downwards. Yeah, yeah,
3: like, just the movement's going to be less. Like, the, the yeah. break is going to be less than he's used to seeing.
2: So, like, I mean, it's just... All right, <laughs> throw more fastballs. I mean, this lineup's just not good. So uh, there's just so many strikeouts in this lineup, and I mean, when you, when the best hitter in the lineup is like Nolan Jones, you're like, ah, eh, this lineup's probably pretty beatable. Even though I don't I can't hate on my boy Nolan Jones. That guy's good. Um, he's he's a guy that I'm like, man, you wish you were in a different spot. But hey, we're not playing Chris Flexton. Nope, <laughs> absolutely not. Yeah, Arizona's the top stack on the slate today. Um, I hate hate stacking cores sometimes but like there's no doubt about it it's not even close for me today like i know i love atlanta and they're in a fantastic spot but it's not even remotely close for me today arizona by far top stack on the slate the rockies bullpen bottom five bullpen like everything just lines up for arizona if this game was in arizona they would still be the top stack on the slate for me
3: that's an awesome point that you just made right there and i've heard cheese talk about that too like like, take the course field context out of it. Would we want to stack against Chris Flexen if he was pitching in a different park? And the answer is absolutely yes. He's one of the worst pitchers in all of baseball. he He should not be a major league pitcher at this point. Strikeouts under fifteen percent, walks over ten percent, and we're in course field. So agree with you, Arizona absolutely top stack on the slate.
2: Yeah, I mean, so i was I was so curious the other day, right? I was like, man, why? do the Rockies have some of these guys still starting? They have so many talented prospects, but they're all just really, really young. Like not, they're not just, they're just not even close to being ready, like major league ready. They're like in high A ball and stuff. Like I was like, wow, um, that makes a lot of sense to me. Like a lot of their prospects, like, they're like the definition of rebuilding. I was looking through their prospect list and it's like 2025, 2026 for like, I think it's like 17 of the 20 of their top prospects. So they're going to, they're in like full rebuild mode. They don't really have anybody they need to call up and like get them looks like, um, so I, I was like, I had to look cause I was so curious. Was like, why are you not calling like even some hitters up? Like they don't even have any hitters that are like major league, even close to being ready. Um, so it's just, it's really interesting when it comes to Colorado.
3: How bad was the Chris Bryant signing for them? Like, regardless (laughs) that Chris Bryant's barely been on the field for them, it just made no sense with where they were at in that rebuild. Like why go spend whatever hundred, whatever million you did on a free agent at this point in your rebuild. Like it made absolutely no sense. They should have been looking to like deal McMahon, deal Blackman, any, anyone they could get a useful prospect back for. They should have just went full on punt.
2: And no one's taken Chris Bryant's contract. Um, no, not at this point. <laughs> so, do you have any interest in the the Rockies' bets? I mean, I think they're going to be far lower owned
3: than Arizona, and it's going to be the same thing you hear from everybody. Is like this is just a bad offense, but it's still Coors Field. I and it, it's a bad offense against a good pitcher. Um, I don't think they're going to be that owned and because of that, I I have some slight interest. Um, like Nolan Jones is clearly the top option. I, Brian McMahon's right there with him outside of that. It's a pretty uncomfortable click for anybody in the lineup. I mean, Toglia has got a little power. Montero's got, got some power, but massive strikeouts. Um, Doyle, I guess you could play for some speed if you want to use the bottom of the order. Tovar's decent enough, but he's, he's not free either. He's 4,300. Um, I don't, it's going to be ownership dependent, but if I if they're coming in low owned, I probably have some slight interest.
2: I mean, Rogers is still really cheap. Um, I know he really hasn't been great at the plate this year, but I mean, I, the ownership aspect of it and the the value that you're going to get, like you know, depending on like who cracks the lineup for Colorado, they might be a value stack. Um, so yeah, we'll see. Baltimore, San Diego I thought it was interesting there's no total for any of these last three games and I, I know the giant situation with this like opener thing and I'm so over it by now. Uh, yeah. It reminds me so much of like Tampa from a couple yep. of years ago where just every day you open up the slate and you're like every day there's an opener and it's like like Giants hey you're you're 63 and 55 um, why are you doing this but I guess it's working so I guess can't really argue but anyway Baltimore at San Diego. Rodriguez and Darvish, uh, any interest here in Rodriguez going up against San Diego?
3: So I had s- slight interest, even when Hancock was on the slate, just because I think you could try to talk yourself into Hancock getting blown up and Rodriguez being the the most useful cheap cheap pitcher. Now that we don't have Hancock, I'm even more interested. Obviously, it's a tough matchup against San Diego, but Grayson Rodriguez is a very talented arm. He's starting to figure it out a little bit um the leash has been phenomenal he's been over 90 pitches like ever since he's been recalled um the strikeouts have ticked up a little bit uh he's 24.7 on the season and it's been even better than that since being sent down and then called back up so yeah I like I just think he's more talented than a $6,400 pitcher I don't don't love the matchup um but he's he's the cheap guy I'll be going with if we don't get Hancock
2: My, I mean, so my biggest concern with him is ever since he got kind of recalled, like his ground ball rate is just wildly high. Um, can he continue to sustain this massive ground ball rate? Like is my, is my biggest concern? Um, I mean, I was looking through some of the data for him and like a lot of his X stats concern me a little bit. Um, but I mean, X stats, like when you're looking at like X-WOBA, X-ERA, all that kind of stuff like are generally higher when it comes to, you know, young pitchers. So, I mean, he's using the cutter a lot. Did he go back down to the minors because the cutter wasn't like performing like he wanted it to in the majors? But I mean, the spin is definitely higher. He doesn't generate whiffs with that. He really uses it to kind of, you know, generate ground balls. Yeah. Um, yeah i mean he has a strikeout pitch like his slider is a legit 35 percent whiff rate pitch um it's a really good pitch so definitely some slight interest i don't know if i get to him in like a three entry max build but he is he is there definitely on the like list today um you darvish 8700 i mean baltimore has been a really solid offense this year Um, very underrated they don't walk they do strike out a little bit but i mean up and down top to bottom they got power they got on base guys i think if gilbert is the pitcher today i have less interest in darvish um, overall if it's not gilbert i think that you know glass now and darvish become like pivots off of scherzer a little bit um what are your thoughts here on darvish
3: yeah, lukewarm interest at best. And I'll play the ownership game with him a little bit. If he's a lot lower owned um than say Scherzer or uh Gilbert, then maybe I take some tournament shots. But he's he's not the elite strikeout pitcher that he was. Just kinda he's closer to an average pitcher than he has been in a long time. Um he's no longer an elite option, but the price isn't elite either. So like I, I, would rather save the the eight hundred and go down to Singer. I'd rather spend a little bit more and get up to Gilbert or Max Scherzer. Um, but he's in, he's in play. He's a talented enough pitcher. I don't love the matchup, but just because of the price, I think he's he's very much in play. Going to be an ownership decision for me.
2: Um, bats, 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 bats. Any interest in Baltimore bats here?
3: Darvish is good enough. I'm not looking to stack against him really. Um, you can certainly hunt home runs off of him. He's a fly ball pitcher. Um, they're they're pricey. I do like Mullins' price at at 4,300. Henderson and Rutschman are certainly fine around 5k. I don't think it's a stack for me. I'm probably just looking for home runs. Um, tough ballpark for homers out there in San Diego too. So probably not a ton of exposure to Baltimore for me.
2: It'd be like Santander, Henderson, O'Hearn, like trying to get a home run like rutschman like one of those like top four guys and just hey i you know i, I built a lineup i really like i ended up with like 5k at shortstop and plug in henderson in that lineup like that type of build for me i'm not seeking to stack against darvish i'm with you uh san diego side of this game i mean i i want to do a little bit more digging on like this this massive ground ball raid out of nowhere kind of thing um for for rodriguez but i mean it's not like san Diego's cheap so if he is going to generate a lot of ground balls and not get blown up it's really tough to pay these prices i mean he has not allowed a home run since he's come back up like he's pitched against the dodgers the yankees the blue jays the astros he's not allowed a home run since he got called back up so this might be one of those spots where like projections are projecting like a full season for rodriguez and like there's some value potentially on the San Diego bats. But I mean, if he's kind of, you know, honed in on a cutter and he's generating a ton of ground balls, um, this might just be one of those spots where you play the recent data and just go underweight or even fade um, the San Diego bats here.
3: Yeah. You've piqued my interest with that, the ground ball rate spike because I mean, they obviously called him up and it wasn't working. So they sent him back down and generally in those situations, you're going down to work on some specific things. And if generating ground balls is how they think he's going to to make that jump to being major league ready, then that makes a lot of sense. So I, I definitely want to dig into that a little bit too. Like San Diego's still in play, but like they're gonna be way down the list for me, I think. Um if Rodriguez picks up some ownership, I'll have more interest. Uh, but I like I said, I believe in the talent. I probably want to play the Rodriguez side of this in the majority of my my build.
2: Yeah. So 13 home runs allowed in April and May and five games since he came back and he hasn't. So, um, I didn't jinx him. How do I jinx him? I'm just saying like, <laughs> I, I I said, I didn't think the ground ball rate was real. I said, I wanted to look into it more. I'm just pointing out the fact that he hasn't allowed a home run in five games since coming back. And he allowed 13 home runs um, in 10 games when he was up in April and May multiple home run games. So, um, Yeah, when you usually get sent back down, there's usually a reason. And, like, he was giving up home runs on everything. He gave up home runs on fastballs, change-ups, cutters, um, curveballs. The only thing he hasn't given up a home run on is his slider. And his slider is his best pitch, so that makes a ton of sense. So, um, yeah, just overall, man, I want to do – I'm definitely going to spend some time on Rodriguez uh, because at these prices, I I mean, if I feel really confident in fading – this team, then it's definitely going to open up, you know, potential for paying up elsewhere. So I'm um, going to be doing a little bit of deep, deeper dive on Rodriguez. And usually I'm on grinders live on Mondays, but I'm on grinders live Tuesday and Wednesday this week. So yeah, I'm saying he's due. I'm not saying he's due. I'm saying I want to know more. <laughs> like this is
3: one of the best pitching prospects in baseball coming into yeah. the season. there's a guy who has like a 30% K rate throughout the minors like, he should not be 6,400. Like, I, it's a tough matchup against San Diego. But when they start finding success, we we definitely want to be early on these types of guys because
2: he could be on his way to being, like, an elite option here. Oh, man. I, I love YouTube chat. It's so much fun. Um, you love my shirt? Yeah, it's on like Donkey Kong. You're making it on like Donkey Kong. <laughs> so, um. I will say, so Keith, because we've been talking about it so much, I just kind of digging and just, you know, looking first glance at like what he's doing differently. He's using his fastball a little bit more. Um, he was in that like 40 to 43% range um, in April and May. He has ticked up over like 50 to like 52, 53, 54%. Um, so using his fastball a lot more, and which makes sense. The dude has a 98 mile an hour plus fastball his velocity was way down um, in April and May. So he was averaging on his fastball 94 to 96 miles an hour in his last five starts. He hasn't been under an average of 98, but only one time. So um, velocity matters a lot. So, I mean, the more I look at this, the more I kind of like Rodriguez. Um, uh, you know, when you can find why, and, like, it has nothing to do with the cutter. His cutter was getting smashed in april and may and he has thrown it not more than five percent in any of the five games since getting recalled so i mean just looking through this this is so this is what i do in the mornings when there's something i write down and uh, when we do the morning grind i'll go back and i'll look at it this is what i do if anybody's ever curious so um yeah i'm gonna be i'm gonna be looking at everything for rodriguez tomorrow if he comes in at like four and a half strikeout prop if he comes in at like 15 and a half outs like this might be just one of those spots um, that I'm on Rodriguez. So um, when there's data backing yeah. like what you're seeing in the numbers, it makes so much sense. So um, I'm going to say the biggest thing for him between April and May and where he's at now, averaging almost uh, two or three mile an hour or more on his fastball is huge
3: that is huge yeah and that, that's making the cutter play up too because hitters have to decide that much faster that's why velocity matters so much like you have to make that decision if you're swinging at a pitch you think is a fastball and it's actually a cutter you're going to beat that ball into the ground that's why cutters
2: are so so that's why his changeup is so good though like his changeup is so too, good yes. cuz his changeup is like 13 14 miles an hour and it's the same arm angle arm angle um as he throws his fastball and yeah. His changeup has always been one of his highest graded pitches. So um yeah, I mean here we are, Rodriguez. There you go. Deep dive on Rodriguez. Something I definitely didn't plan on doing today. But um I hope the Padres get some love today. Like I said, if like if they project on like a full season on Rodriguez, they might get some projection love today. Um more than like just looking at like recent data. So for what it's worth in April, May I probably would have stacked the Padres. But Right. All right, Tampa Bay at San Francisco. Hope you guys enjoyed that. Um, I enjoyed it with chat. <laughs> it was fun. <laughs> um, Rodriguez is definitely getting blown up. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't All it right. the worst when you think you
3: have something and like there's legitimate data to back it up, and you, yeah. so you invest heavily in it, and then it just does not work? Yeah. I mean, because hey. sample sizes, <laughs> it happens yeah, I mean, from
2: time to time. But oh, it's, yeah. it's
3: worth taking a shot on. Any edge that we can find, It's it's definitely worth playing
2: baseball variance is massive and everyone's looking at the same stuff um on like surface numbers and like if you see something and you're like oh that just doesn't seem right i mean there's so many i mean you can use plate iq obviously but you can you know go and do like a, a deep dive on fan graphs you just pull up the pitcher's name so type in the pitcher and then you go to like game log and pitch type and pitch value and you can see like how much percentage where his fastball at and then if you, I mean, you can go to baseball, uh, savant and do even more of a deep dive on like spin rates and whiff rates and all that stuff. So, I mean, for what it's worth, there's a lot of stuff, um, for, there's a lot of stuff. And I mean, I pitched for so long that like, I'm going to tell you right now, if something's clicking for you, it's good. But if you're throwing three or four miles an hour faster, you're way more confident in throwing a fastball by somebody. <laughs> All right, Tampa Bay, San Francisco, last game here. Uh, we have Glass now against Manaya on the long relief side of things. Walker, it sounds like he's going to kind of open here. Manaya should probably throw like three or four innings. Uh, Walker throws maybe one, possibly two innings here. Um, he hasn't thrown in like four or five days, so we might see more of like two innings from Walker than one. Uh, Glass now, man. Uh, he's 10 8. He has top 90 pitches now in four straight games. The strikeout stuff looks fantastic. The Giants aren't like the biggest, like, strikeout team in baseball or anything like that. They're a very mediocre team, they do strike out quite a bit. So, I think Glass now, like I said, I I like Glass now more than I like Scherzer if I'm comparing these two. But if we're gonna add in Logan Gilbert. And he's going to be on the slate. Definitely like Logan Gilbert more than both of these guys, but I'll probably make one or two lineups with like Gilbert and glass now together um, and just fade those cheap guys.
3: So I'm concerned about the pitch count here. Um, he skipped a start because of back spasms. I think it was. So he hasn't pitched in what, two weeks now.
2: I, I told totally didn't even realize that. Yeah. So
3: and his I don't know that we're getting was only
2: 15 pitches
3: yeah i'm very concerned about the pitch count here um
2: this is why we do the show i i this is that i i told you it was a first look (laughs) for me um dang hey listen this is why we do the show Keith just dropping knowledge on us um excellent point two weeks only a 15 pitch um bullpen session that was friday like i'd be shocked if he throws more than 75 pitches here
3: so I think that was more like his between-start bullpen. Bullpen. Um, he probably threw a much longer bullpen a couple of days before that uh, because he was originally scheduled to start on Friday um, and then ended up getting scratched. So I think that was more like side work than his actual like, okay, this is my bullpen in place of my start. I'm assuming that he did that two or three days before the 15-pitch bullpen. The 15-pitch bullpen was just to kind of keep him Loose and stretched out going into this, so like eighty pitches wouldn't surprise me, but I'm I'm pretty sure we're not getting ninety here. Is is the only point?
2: They pushed him back a couple times. Like yeah, this it's, wasn't. It's concerning for sure. Um, yeah. So I mean, first start of the season for Glass now was in May. He threw eighty three pitches. His first start, uh, he was very ramped up, and they brought him back i think there's a lot of uncertainty Man, i want logan gilbert to be on the slate even more now yeah um if gilbert's on the slate I'm, I'm so much more likely to go under scherzer to gilbert and then maybe take singer or some of these other guys that we talked about but definitely a lot more concerned about glass now now thanks keith um now he's gonna strike out 10 and i'm gonna send you a text <laughs> yeah. like what the heck I mean, um, it, it's a great spot, like
3: great pitchers, oh, part, is, yeah. high strikeout offense. Like it's an absolute great spot for him. He he could absolutely throw out one of those five inning, 10 strikeout performances. It would not shock me. So I'm interested either way. I, I just, you you have to be paying attention to what what's going on with pitch count and things. Obviously we project those in line of pick, HQ and, and we'll do research all throughout the day and make sure we get it as accurate as we can, but definitely
2: something to note. So for also for what it's worth um here, like if you have tweet deck, this is one of those you make a column and just search glass now pitch count and you just hope yeah. you get something. <laughs> <laughs> like hope so you get something. Um I'm not touching the San Francisco situation. I don't think I'd play Manaya if he was even starting in this game. Um no issue, f- no interest for me in the opener long relief situation for San Fran. So Manaya's been striking
3: out a ton of people and I know you were doing a lot of NASCAR stuff today and football stuff. I don't know if you were paying attention to Twitter at all. I'm not sure we get Wander Franco in this spot.
2: Um crazy story. Yeah. So I if, want it to be fake so bad. Yeah, me too. Um just that like Yeah,
3: anyway. Possible Wander Franco's not in this lineup. Manaya's been striking out a ton of guys even so you, there's risk here because we don't know how long he's pitching but i think there's upside as well if we don't get hancock maybe i take a look at, at Manaya if hancock's on the slate i, I don't need him and i probably just play play hancock um but i definitely prefer grayson rodriguez mania is not not a terrible option if we get a watered down tampa bay lineup though
2: um yeah well, we'll kind of, i mean even if franco is not in the lineup i think the lineup is good enough um and like mania i mean he's at like 60 pitches like he's cheap he's cheap don't get me wrong um i mean if you can get five six seven strikeouts out of him he doesn't get blown up it definitely could work out it just yeah i don't think i'd do it i just i hate these long relief situations where they're so like they're so uncertain on like what you're gonna get to like yeah, there's been plenty of times this season where manaya has gone out and he's thrown 40 or 50 pitches. And I think he's coming back from like being banged up and they were had him out of rotation a little bit. And like, I just I think 60 pitches last time out was more of like a ceiling. I was striking out a bunch of people type spot.
3: Yeah, I mean, that's certainly what you're playing for. And there's certainly risk that he goes out there and throws two innings and he's done. Um, like (laughs) when we're playing the Boston situation, you play Pavetta and Chris Murphy ends up coming in like long relievers are never comfortable plays, but large field tournament. I don't think it's crazy. Like you, you, exactly what he did against the angels is what you're hoping for. Like 60 pitches, six strikeouts, 18 points at 5,600 would be pretty useful, but it's a long shot for sure. All
2: right. Um, bats, any interest in the Tampa bats here?
3: Um, I hate like again, it's a bullpen game. It's never never comfortable trying to figure out the matchups and things like that. Like you could you can certainly play some guys, but like as much as, as Tampa pinch hits too and platoons, I really feel like they might start with a lineup and then Walker goes out and throws one inning and Manaya comes in and then they we see a lot of um lefties get pinch hit for would be my concern. So guys like Brandon Lau, Josh Lowe. Luke Rayleigh, like be very careful of, of their pinch hit risk. If they're in the initial lineup and then Manaya comes in to follow Walker could be a tough situation to figure out here today.
2: Yeah. Um, I could see maybe like, uh, Curtis Mead at 2200, if he cracks the lineup, um, Parades, Siri, like these guys towards the like middle where like they might get like two at bats against Manaya um, and likely won't get pitch hit for if they're in the lineup. I mean, siri could potentially get pinch hit for by riley or rayley if he's not in there but they're not gonna they're not gonna likely pinch hit a Rosarina or paredes um derrick s so much... who
3: would replace franco um basabe is the guy who made his major league debut today so i think you could it could possibly be him again
2: yep um yeah san francisco side any interest in the giants against glass now
3: no, no interest whatsoever in Giants.
2: That's where I'm at. All right, let's play the morning grind game, and then we'll get out of here. Um, yeah. Under 8K to get six or more strikeouts, who do you got?
3: I was debating between two. There's two guys I love today. I'm, I'll take Grayson Rodriguez, um, just a really talented pitcher. I already had some interest just because of the price and the pedigree finding some data to back that up while we're what we were breaking it down has me even more
2: intrigued i'm intrigued um yeah. i'm intrigued i am going to go singer against yes Seattle. sir that was my over other guy. over ak to score under 15 who's your bus today
3: i'm gonna go you darvish baltimore is just a really solid offense they're they're patient they should work the pitch count a little bit um I probably play a little bit of darvish but i I don't love this spot for him
2: did i have a bad gut feeling today about against scherzer i don't really have like stats to back it up or anything like that i just have a, a bad feeling about scherzer today so um yeah bad feeling i man i i really feel like Otani's going to take him deep twice today <laughs> over 4k to hit a home run not in course who's going yard today Give me Pete Alonzo. Uh, good spot for him against Priester. You mentioned his
3: hard contact rate to righties. Pete's been on a bit of a tear here. Um, hit like five home runs last week or something like that. So I think he keeps it going.
2: I'm going to go with the hottest hitter in baseball, Matt Olson. Um, Love it. Under 4K to get two hits, who's a cheap bat that you like today?
3: Um, give me Jeff McNeil. Again, I'm I'm going to be attacking some some Priester, even though this is a, a tough ballpark just – Don't think he's major league ready. Good spot for the Mets here today.
2: Yeah. um, If I was chasing a home run under 4K, I just, I mean, a punt play today would be Lawrence Butler. We talked about him, big power, very raw. Um, But to get two hits, give me Seth Brown at 3,500. I think Oakland is like sneaky because I think Mikolas gets some ownership today. I think Oakland, I think they could beat him. I think they could beat him. I like that call stack to score six or more runs
3: i'm sticking with my mets team i just like the spot for him today
2: i like it um i'm trying not to go super chalky here um yeah i mean give me give me pittsburgh yeah i don't think pittsburgh is chalky like i mean i, I don't think it's a secret give me the angels i'm, I'm doubling down <laughs> give me the angels <laughs> Scherzer's getting hit today. <laughs> Wait, for real? Yes, give me the Angels. All Six right. Um, <laughs> Scherzer is going to uh, dominate now um, because I'm talking – he's like, dude, I heard you on the morning grind today, and you talk so much smack, and I just had to go out and do your thing. So um, it was okay, so okay, funny. <laughs> yeah, Denny Hamlin was talking about how he didn't think anybody outside the playoff bubble could win at um, – win at win this weekend. And like Michael McDowell like tweeted him and was like, I'm going to prove you wrong. (laughs) Michael (laughs) McDowell went out and won the race. (laughs) Then he's like, I took two losses today. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That podcast will be interesting tomorrow. Can't wait to hear it, but that's going to wrap it up here for Monday. We'll be back on Tuesday. Talking more baseball. I'm on MLB six pack today. So um, after I get my morning, research in if you want to check out that video and see who i'm liking going into the slate hope everyone has a fantastic day back tomorrow good luck we'll see you then